Your goodness, it really knows no bounds, Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your love for us. Father, we just, um, yeah, just can't help but stand in awe of you. The one who has the victory. And you call us into that victory with you. Thank you. Father, you call us to set our minds on things above. Help us this morning. God, as I preach this message, in some sense I feel like I need to hear this message more than anyone else. So Father, I ask that as I speak, you would speak. Speak to us. Speak to me. And we pray all these things in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians, chapter 3. Now, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry about it. You know, I remember, I remember going to churches uh, before and when the pastor would say, if you have your Bibles, turn to, and I'd be like, oh, I don't have my Bible. Oh no, is there a few Bibles? And just get all stressed out over that. You know, listen, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? So don't worry about it. I, you know, there's times even recently, I'm, the past, I'm a pastor and I go to a church service. The preacher would say, in your, turn, to your Bi- turn in your Bibles. I'm like, oh, I didn't bring my Bible. So no stress. It's on the screen. But those of you who do, Colossians 3. And I'm going to be reading... Uh, verse 1 to 3, okay, it says this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In 2008, Ali and I moved to South Korea. We were just, uh, we were married maybe two and a half years at the time. Eden was born. She was just over a year old. And uh, we decided to move literally to the other side of the planet, to South Korea. Now, if you know anything about South Korea, especially Seoul, South Korea, the capital city of Seoul, okay, It's like being in Seoul, it's like being in a sardine can with people, okay? There's just so many people. It's packed. The population of Seoul is 10 million. 10 million in that one city. Now, Toronto's population is not quite 3 million, right? 2 point something million. I think it's almost 3 million now, but Seoul is like three times that. It's so busy. It's so busy. Now, one of the things that amazed us while we were in South Korea, okay, in, in Seoul, in the, in the capital city, was that if you wanted to see the sky, you actually had to do this. You had to tilt your head up. 
You had to look up to see this guy. Now, here's what I'm talking about. In KW, wherever you are in KW, you can look straight ahead. And within your field of vision, you'll see the sky. There's the skyline. You could see it. Okay, wherever you are, unless you're like in front of a building like this. But I mean, mean, wherever you are in KW, right? You can see the sky just by looking straight ahead. You don't have to tilt your head back. In Seoul, you got to do this to see the sky because there's so many buildings, so many high-rise structures. It's just a dense concrete jungle. It's very busy there. A lot going on. Now, in the heart of the city, in the heart of Seoul, there's a mountain called Namsan. Okay, Namsan. San in Korean means mountain. Nam means south. Okay, so Namsan, if you were to translate it, literally means south mountain. Um, I mean, we never call it that, but we just call it Namsan. Anyway, it's in the heart of the city. Okay, and on top of this mountain, there's a tower. Now, here's a picture here. This is how you get to the top of Namsan Tower. You take this gondola ride all the way up. And as you can see at the bottom there, it's just dense concrete jungle. It's just busy. There's buildings everywhere. I mean, 30 floors minimum plus. It's just very, very busy, very dense, right? And uh, that's, that's, that's what Seoul's... Now, there, here's another picture of Namsan uh, Tower at night. It's just a beautiful sight, right? Right on top of the mountain there. And you can over... It overlooks the city. so beautiful. Um, you know, in some ways, there's, there's times where I really wish I could go back there uh, to, to South Korea. Um, I'm a foodie, okay? I love food. I just, I love food. Uh, when you're in Toronto and you want something quick, like something like street food, you don't have many options. You know, there's hot dogs, sausages. That's pretty much it, right? In Korea, it's unbelievable the selection i mean you can things from the ocean things from like there's meat there's deep fried stuff there's all sorts of stuff street food and you can you can have a feast for under ten dollars like it's just it's amazing all sorts of bugs even i mean silkworm larvae you know koreans eat silkworm larvae it's just like my dad he pops it like popcorn man i don't know how he anyways but, uh, yeah, there are times where, you know, I really wish I could go back. But I remember one of our first memories of being in Seoul was um, uh, Eden was, yeah, again, like just over a year old. She wasn't able to walk yet. Um, actually, her first steps uh, were taken in, in South Korea. And so we'd tell her, you know, the very first steps you took as a baby weren't even in this country. It was in Korea, you know. It's like, ah, oh, that's so cool. But, uh, at, you know, towards the beginning of our time in Korea, she, she was unable to walk. She kind of did this crab walk thing where she, you know, she'd have to use her hands still. And uh, she, there was times where she wouldn't want to be held. She'd want to, you know, venture out. And so we were like, oh, okay. We just had to let her go. And she'd be, you know, doing this on the sidewalks in Seoul, South Korea. And it's like, it's so busy. There's thousands of people walking around. There's like... I don't know how many lanes of traffic, like 10 lanes of traffic, you know, and buildings just high, like Tower of Babel high, okay? High as the heavens, buildings all over the place. And it was so easy to get lost because you walk around and you're like, man, I, where are we? You couldn't see too far in the distance because of all the buildings and the people. It was just really uh, busy and difficult to know where we were standing. 
Now, if one were to go up the gondola and go to the top of Namsan Tower, you would have a totally different perspective of the city. I mean, it's not even the same. It's totally different, right? Completely different. You can see far beyond what you could see on the ground. Here is a view of, uh, from the top of Namsan, from the tower. This is what you see. You can see you're above all the buildings. In fact, in the distance, you can even see those mountains there. When you're in the city, on the ground level, you wouldn't even know there's mountains. You had no idea. Had no clue that there's mountains in the city. But once you get to the top of the mountain, you can see into the distance far beyond what you could see on the ground. It's a whole new perspective from the mountaintop. Our lives can be this way. Our lives can become like how it is on the ground level in Seoul, South Korea. Things all around us, issues all around us, and our lives can get so busy. And through the busyness of life, we can get distracted by all these things around us, all the complexities around us. And when we keep our focus on the things that are around us, it can really weigh us down and make us feel like we're being boxed in, right? Boxed in by the worries about the future, worries about what will happen if I do this or if I don't do that, if I don't get this right, what will happen? And and all these worries that overwhelm us, anxieties over situations that seemingly spring up in our lives, in our families, in our finances, in our jobs, and we can become boxed in by our lives as we purely focus on those circumstances surrounding us. Now, in this state of mind, it can actually cause us to become very busy, right? Because if we do not keep busy, now when I talk about busy, you know, I want to, you know, differentiate between working hard and busyness, okay? It's, it's actually different. Of course, we need to work hard at our jobs. It's not like we're, we're to just coast and do nothing, okay? Working hard is a good ethic to do. It's good. It's a good thing to do. In school, is that me? probably me. Anyway, when you're in school, it's important to work hard. Busyness is different. Busyness, excuse me, sorry. Busyness is when we become completely um, consumed by all the things that we are surrounded by, that we try in our own strength to make things work. Try to get that sense of control in our lives. But it just seems like it's always out of reach. We keep busy because if we do not... Thanks. Okay, this this is off. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Those of us who have made Jesus our Lord and Savior... Their lives, our lives have been raised with Christ. What the Apostle Paul is talking about here is union with God. We have been united with God through Christ, through his death and resurrection. 
if we want to use the analogy of the gondola, we're people on that gondola being raised up the mountain, away from the concrete jungle of the world. We have been raised with Christ. Then Paul says to seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Paul is talking about Christ's divine authority. He's seated at the right hand of God. He has authority. God is in control. He has authority. So who should we look to in this life? When we feel stuck, when we feel anxious, when we feel inadequate, when we feel lonely, when we feel out of control. God is in control. God has authority. As children, we look to our parents because our parents have authority. Now, my parents, you know, for me, they, they made decisions for me. They said, go here, and I went there. They said yes to things. They said no to things. Okay, they made decisions for my good. Now, my parents weren't perfect. Okay, they weren't perfect, but they genuinely wanted me to succeed in life. They made decisions for my good. We have a heavenly Father who works for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. God works all things for the good, for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. We have a heavenly father that we can turn to and trust that he is working in our midst for our good. And we can rest in that. God's got this. You know, I love it when I'm in a situation. Okay, picture a situation like this. Just a hypothetical situation. You're, you've got all these bags. Okay, there's like 50 bags. Maybe it's grocery bags. And you have to walk 10 flights of stairs to your place. Okay? You only have two hands. You can only carry two at a time. Can you imagine looking at the 50 bags of groceries thinking, oh, man, I can only do two at a time. Man. And now imagine someone coming to you and saying, hey, I got this. Just rest. I've got this. How would you feel? It'd be amazing. We could rest in knowing that that person has all this taken care of. God's got this. In fact, he's, he's made it very clear. He wants us to understand this very clearly. He says it in Matthew 6, 25. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will wear. This stuff, don't worry. I got this. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. And all these things will be added onto you. God's saying, I got this. Man, turn to your neighbor and say, God's got this. God's got this. Now, the next part of the verse in Colossians says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I mean, I've read this verse many times before. And uh, actually, there was, there was times in my life where this was like a very, um, it brought a lot of hope in my situation in life. Um, but there were times when I read this verse and I thought that setting my mind on things of earth meant money. That's what I thought it meant. Money. 
And I think that the reason why I thought that is because there was a season in, in our life where <clears throat> I wasn't working. And again, it wasn't because I didn't want to work. It was because there was, there was nothing available. In fact, there were seasons where just absolutely no employment, no paycheck coming in. Um, there was also a season where I just had just temporary jobs and nothing, nothing secure. And yet God provided for us in miraculous amazing ways and i thought okay you know and and i just find it fascinating that ali and i when we were you know in the early days of our our marriage we never missed rent and i i honestly it's amazing to me because i didn't have an income and yet we still never ever missed rent god provided for us in in such amazing ways and so i remember looking at this first thinking okay I, i know rent is due in a week but and my bank account is like $10 or something like that. God, I'm going to set my mind on you. I know you can provide. Lord, we need you. And he did. Amazing ways. Incredible ways. And uh, so I thought that's what this meant. Now, of of course, um, that's true that God does provide. And there are certain circumstances where he provides. But there's other circumstances where we work. Or we need to work for our provision, for sure. And God provides those as well. Okay, so this, this verse isn't just talking about money. This verse, setting our minds on things above and not on the things of the earth, is talking about the placement of our hope. It's talking about the placement of our hope. All of us put our hope into something. Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith equals things hoped for. Faith equals evidence of things not seen. Hope, then, is the evidence of things not seen. That's what hope is. Faith needs hope in order to work. You see, there's people that say, oh, blind faith. How could you have blind faith? Listen, there's no such thing as blind faith. There's no such thing. You can't put faith to nothing. There's something that faith must attach to, and that's hope. Hope. When we place our hope on the things of earth, we are placing value on those things. We are placing an unseen value onto those things. And what we're saying is this. It's like saying, you know, if I have this, I'll be happy. My life will be complete if this is there, if this is in order, if I have this under control, if I obtain this, then I'll be happy, then I'll be okay. Life will be good. It will make sense. Okay, and so forth. That's placing our hope on things of the earth. And and that could be anything, right? It could be anything. The problem with placing our hope on the things of the earth is this. Earthly things, things on, on the earth, they all have a shelf life. Everything on earth has an expiry date. You and I have a shelf life, have an expiry date. At some point... We're going to check out. 
Now, of course, the hope is that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. I mean on earth. Everything has a shelf life. When we put our hope on the things of the earth, whatever it might be, it could be money, it can be materials, it can be people, it can be achievements, titles, whatever. How people perceive us and pursuing how people are going to look at me, how they view me, this kind of thing. If our hope is in any of those things, at some point, church, we're going to be disappointed because those things don't last. The things of the earth don't last. They change. We're placing our hope in things that can change. And when we do that, we can even become devastated by the things we put our hope in, especially when it doesn't work out the way we thought it would, the way we put our faith in it to work out. When that happens, our hearts grow weary. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When all our hope is in our job, and we lose our job or something changes, it, our hearts grow sick. When all our hope is in the success of our kids, and then they, they don't succeed in the way we think. If that's our, all our hope is in that, and it doesn't happen, our hearts grow sick. When all our hope is in our finances and we take sudden hits in our finances, listen, our hearts grow sick. Now, I'm not saying that those are not important things. Those are absolutely important things. It's important to have a job. It's important to have finances in our lives and in order. It's important. In fact, it's very noble to desire for our kids to succeed in life. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. However, if all our hope is in those things... We are setting ourselves up for disappointment. And that boxing in feeling that I was talking about earlier will overwhelm us. In fact, it'll never go away. It'll always be there. What we need then is a hope that lasts for eternity. That's what we need. Now going back to Colossians 3, 1 to 3, it says this in verse 3, For you have died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Our lives are hidden in Christ. The one who rose from the dead. The one who resurrected from the dead. Death has been defeated. He holds the keys to eternal life. He is our hope for eternity. Jesus is the hope that never dies never runs dry, never gets old, it never changes. It's everlasting. Christ is our everlasting hope. It all comes back to Christ. It all comes back to God. The hope that is found in God is what our faith attaches to. When that happens, it brings us into the heavenly places in our minds. That's how we set our minds on things above. That's how it begins. We begin setting our minds on things above by placing our hope in God. That's how we start to think like heaven. 
by focusing, by placing our hope in God and His ability, not on us and our inability. Thinking like heaven is placing our hope in God and His ability, not on us and our inability. I just want to say this as a side statement, kind of a side statement. When we put our hope and trust in God, it's not laziness. You know, I've had that said by somebody once. What do you mean you're not working? That doesn't make sense. What do you mean you're not working? Trusting God, that doesn't make sense. And uh, this sense that I was lazy and unworthy comes. That's, that's not it. Trusting in God isn't laziness. It's not copping out. It's not, you know, being irresponsible. Okay? Now, we can fall into those uh, patterns, but when we put our hope in God, okay, it's putting our hope in the one that has the perfect solutions. That's what it is. I want to close with this, going back to the analogy of being on the mountaintop. <clears throat> there are times in our lives in the life of a Christian, where we go through the wilderness, where we go through valleys. I'm convinced every, every Christian will go through the wilderness at least once in their life, at least. It could happen multiple times. And it's not necessarily brought on by sin. God places us in the wilderness, not because of something bad we did, but because of his purpose in our lives. And it's hard to see what God is doing. We feel boxed in by all of life's demands. We feel God is so distant. And we feel this sense of hopelessness. That's the wilderness. God, where are you? I believe we all go through seasons like that. But then there are times where God takes us out of the valley. He takes us out. Just as sovereignly as he put us into the valley, he sovereignly takes us out. And he places us, and it feels like we're on a mountaintop. All of a sudden, we're in a season of favor. God's favor. Provision. We're in a season of abundance. A season of plenty. A season of peace. A season of deep intimacy with God. When we're on the mountaintop season... In a season like that, we look back on our lives. And it's literally like having a bird's eye view of our life from that mountaintop experience, right? You look back and you're like, wow, man, that season was tough, but God was there. God was there. God was there, right? Kind of like that view from the gondola top. God was right there. And man, I didn't even see that. God, you were really there. God, you were faithful then. And you turn around. And you look towards the future with a renewed sense of hope. Saying, God, you were faithful then. You will be faithful tomorrow. That is placing our hope. Attaching our faith to that hope that is found in God. That's how we begin to set our minds on things above. Attach our faith to him. Attach your hope. To God. No longer on the things that have a shelf life. But on God. Who is eternal. Who works all things for the good of those who 
love him and are called according to his purposes, who can do far immeasurably more than we could ever imagine or think possible. God is able. God is able. Attach your hope to God. Now, I'm really going to close with this. I'm going to sing for you guys, okay? I love this song. It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. God, you are faithful. You are faithful through the storm. You are faithful in the valley. You are faithful in the mountaintop. As we look back in our lives and see the victories that we've won through you in your name, God, we can look to tomorrow with a renewed sense of hope that you are with us, that if God is with us, who could be against us? No matter what trials may come, Lord, we know that you will work things, all things for the good of us who are called according to his purpose, your purposes. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are among us. Now, Lord, I ask that you, that by your spirit, today's Pentecost, isn't it? We celebrate this day all across the world, Lord, the coming of your spirit upon your church to equip and empower your church to be witnesses, testifying the power of God in our lives. God, I pray your spirit would come like a mighty rushing wind over every single one of us here. That we would testify to the world around us that God does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us by your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to have minds like Christ, that we would think like heaven and change the world around us. I believe that is partly how you call us to bring heaven here by your spirit, by attaching our faith to you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.